Hey, hey, and welcome back. It's been a long time, and uh, I am getting ready to kind of attempt a relaunch of um, the old podcast that I had been doing. Um, hopefully at some point, my dear, dear friend and partner in crime, Harris, will be rejoining. Uh, but for now... Um, this will be a podcast that, for the most part, will be a once-a-week podcast that will set to air on Fridays. And then we will have um, impromptu podcasts as important matters come up that are worth uh, chatting about. And on Sundays, I will begin to stitch together conversations with my father, um, not on any one particular topic, although the themes are usually, uh, you know, politics, human nature, life, all kinds of things, which is why I simply am going to call that, you know, the Sunday father and son moments in time, because really it's um, conversations that have been recorded, uh, obviously with his knowledge, um, over the course of a few years now, um, can't quite say several years but a few years anyway um i have been meaning to get this started again for some time this the name of this podcast has changed yet again uh not that it matters too much when you only have a few people listening but this is going to be called unscripted and um the impetus behind me jumping on this morning even though i had other plans is um the uh electricity went out and came back on again and I have a feeling it's going to go back off <clears throat> again which means that I, you know who knows how productive I can be today but the bigger issue there is um, it's it's curious to me that all of this is happening at a time where you know we had the power grid outage um, we have the ransomware attacks uh, all kinds of bizarre events taking place. I'm going to just look up Austin outage right now just to see if there's anything. Um, and my point is that I think we need to start talking readiness. We need to start uh, really talking about um, community, being there for community. So in February when the power went out, uh, imagine, I mean, I'm sure some communities, many, already operate like this. And uh, if anybody belongs to one of those and happens to hear this, all four people that probably will listen to it, but if I get lucky and amongst those four, there's five, there's, there's one person that actually lives in a community that operates like this, I would love to talk to you. Um, we need to, we need to start being able to rely on one another. So, you know, um, trading with each other, giving to each other, a gift economy sort of thing, uh, it's hard for people, I think, even for myself, to imagine, you know, the grids completely, <clears throat> pardon me, collapsing. For one, it would be really uncomfortable in the heat of the summer. So there's, there's just the selfish misery component. But two, um, you know, I mean, they talk, they keep talking about a cyber pandemic and 
how vulnerable the grids are and needing to upgrade because what they want is all this smart tech um, and they're already putting it in. But, you know, if everything collapses, it, it makes the case really easy to make to the American public um, for overhauling everything, for spending an insane amount of money to do it uh, and to do it with technology that is incredibly you know, efficient, I'm sure, really fascinating and cool to the average person, I'm sure, even myself. I mean, some of the stuff I've, he I've heard of and looked into from the smart pavement that resonates with smart cars and all the rest is, is fascinating. But that will be the solution to the problem, and it would solve uh, the problem in terms of the manufactured problem. It would certainly be more up-to-date technology, but the other side of the coin there is that um, well, it may be, <coughs> pardon me, more reliable. Everything you do, every place you go, every everything, even even your you know kind of affect, your emotional state, your facial expressions will be um, captured, cataloged, and archived. Uh, whether it's on the, the ledger, the blockchain, or you know, in a, another another database somewhere. Um, when I say the blockchain, I mean one of the many countless blockchains, I, you know, I'm still learning about it, but I do suspect that at some point they'll still, at least at the government level with all the bureaucracies, they'll stitch them all together. I don't know quite how it's going to work. I'll need to consult with individuals that are far and away smarter than myself and more uh, knowledgeable on all of that. But uh, the website that's associated with this podcast, Block Choppers, is really going to be designed to um, to be a place where that exploration happens. But not only that, I have some pretty grand, maybe too grand, division for it with my skill set. But I'm going for it anyway. And what I want it to be is a place where I have an ongoing blog about AI, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, smart cities, um, and what all of this fourth industrial revolution stuff means for us um so that the that blog will mainly focus on that of course there will be other blog posts that i make that are completely unrelated maybe humorous satirical but uh addressing issues in the news um so there will there will be that in there as well short stories uh all kinds of different creative works um will be on there as well and i hope my website is not open source. I barely know how to run the Squarespace website that I have. But I, I hope at some point to make it a, an area where other people contribute. Whether it's, you know, you're a musician, you're a lyricist, you're, you know, you, know, you're make, you make really cool videos. I don't, I don't know. Um, I want all kinds of people with all kinds of skill sets contributing. And then I also want to create... An area on the site um, that I want to call the trading post that centers around the idea of very localized gift economies. So in other words, in my neighborhood here at Lamar and Rumberg, you know, who, you know, get as you know, many people registered as they can. And, you know, and I realize that the implications here, <laughs> if you're I'm a cynical person. So believe me, I've thought about the negative side of this. It's like, you know, then then you worry about people taking advantage of you, whatever, but um, you kind of 
get everybody together and you have people register and then people can you know say hey does it you know I don't have to put what you have but in an, in a pinch people can say you know hey does anybody have you know sugar I'll trade you blah 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 you know bread for sugar I don't know um, we need to get to a place where we're willing to help each other and it doesn't even necessarily need to be an exchange it can just be a gift um, but trades is probably you know people trading back and forth is probably the, the most logical thing and then of course it would have to be extremely localized because in the event that we have no internet uh, or you know because we have no power or whatever happens um, you, you don't want to be reliant on um, on on those tools to keep that thing going so uh, in addition I want to have a newsletter that I start putting out I would love to make it a physical newsletter again I don't know how all that is going to work and um, then there will be the vlog that I'll have and uh, life on the ledger which is essentially blockchain everything blockchain news and then it will link to my YouTube channel as well so that's essentially just a quick update um, now one thing that I was thinking about and um, you know again not an area I'm hugely knowledgeable in. I was, I was thinking about it and thinking to myself I really do wish that uh, I knew and I'm gonna have to get to know people who are experts in this area or knowledgeable um, generators, solar power generators, you know, I've got a little crank radio, I've got a little lantern, I've got certain things for survival, uh, you know, a little camping stove, I've got, and of course I've got, I'm a law-abiding gun owner, I've, you know, I certainly don't have an arsenal like some Texans, like a lot of Texans that I know, not even close, but I, I have enough to defend the little bit that I have, if it ever came down to that, I would much rather, uh, work with my neighbors in my neighborhood and bond together rather than worry about defending it but there's also the reality uh, to life and the reality is um, all the survival stuff that you have really won't mean or be worth a thing if you don't have the tools and frankly the balls to defend it if it came down to it um, and not just for yourself but for your neighbor who may need that as well so um, so yeah, there's that, and um, generators, you know, let's, let's take a quick look here at solar power generators, and then let's talk tech news, yeah, see these are, these are expensive, and so when I talk about people with know-how, um, what I'm, what I'm especially talking about is people who and I, I know that these, I know people like this exist, I went to school with them, um, that are savvy and can literally put this kind of stuff together. Uh, it's remarkable. So I definitely want to, um, to, work on, to work on that. All right. Well, I found one that's really, quite honestly, not that expensive, and there's a part of me that kind of wants to buy it. Duracell Power Source. Let's see. 
power station, portable, clean, safe, quiet power you can depend on during emergencies, or outdoor adventures. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Four times 1800 watts outlets. See, I don't even know what the hell all that means, so I'm not going to lie. Um, multiple port options. Get that. Uninterrupted power supply. Recharge by solar and car. Now, that is what is most awesome, I think. Free shipping, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Tell you what. It might honestly just be worth giving it a shot. Um, but let's look at... Um, let's go ahead and look at tech news. Uh, and, and what I would like is for people to check out Alison McDowell's, um, if you haven't heard of her, she's an independent researcher looking into, um, she comes at it through the angle of social impact investing, pay for success programs, uh, and all of, all of this stuff, um, and how it, it ties into artificial intelligence, and how they're going to use blockchain technology to, um, to essentially monitor everything we do and put us on the ledger it's way more complicated than that but um and it gets real deep but ch check her page out and actually what i want to check out here is i was talking to an old um uh, mentor old boss um friend and she she told me that a friend of hers she lives in Round Rock. That a friend of hers works for a big company that deals in all of this stuff, AI. This, that. She didn't tell me the name. Maybe she knew. Maybe she just was, you know, protecting the privacy. But her friend told her that a lot of this stuff is already, which I already knew, is already in play. Um, in you know, in terms of just right in their backyard, which you know, but you have sort of a cognitive distance from. It's like uh, I suspect, based on just in a voluminous amount of research um, that it's extraordinarily likely that um, a sentient algorithmic artificial intelligence is already kind of in charge uh, but anyway her friend was telling her that you know you know she said hey Gina Gina's my friend I know she won't mind me mentioning her name she said, we're already you know it's already all around us the the, the lights for example the street lights have sensors in them. We're not talking sensors like, you know, you would think that sense the darkness and then the lights come on. Yes, they have those sensors. That's how streetlights work, right? No, the sensors that, that she, that her neighbor and friend was talking about is sensors to sense, um, to basically biometrics, to read your face, to, to monitor the neighborhood, um, which is kind of crazy. So I just want to look up real quick. Uh, to see if there's anything I can find there. Uh, smart, Round Rock Smart Streetlights. I doubt it. Um, but it made me curious. Never mind. Well, this is from several years ago, but let's go ahead and just take a look. Round Rock, Texas. This is from 2015, by the way. The city of Round Rock is demonstrating the future of street lighting in partnership with um, Gigaterra, PlanLED, and Optera. The pilot program designed by LED innovator uh, PlanLED 
uh, puts cutting-edge streetlight and security systems at two locations in the cities. Convergent technology leader Gigaterra, along with PlanLED, and lighting solutions leader Optera, installed at no cost to the city, of course, gotta get hook them in, um, at no cost to the city. But by the way, sorry, I'll, I'll read this. I do this a lot. I just interject with editorials. Um, somebody obviously made money from that. Just, uh, you know, at no cost to the city, like no one made money. Same thing with the vaccines. It's like you walk in and get them for free. You see the signs all over the place. People are still making money hand over fist, billions upon billions upon billions, um, which, you know, should make people want to look into that but it doesn't largely anyway at no cost to the city <clears throat> 100 high efficiency led lamp heads on existing street light poles along sections of double creek drive and forest creek drive are being installed the city anticipates dramatic savings in energy and maintenance costs by replacing existing fixtures with these multi-purpose lights the LED streetlights, in addition to proving more na uh, more natural lighting at night, have the ability to flash red to alert motorists of an emergency. Okay, well, that sounds pretty innocuous and helpful, right? Uh, the flashing function will be tested in a, a limited number will be tested a limited number of times, primarily to showcase the advanced technology of the lamp heads. Advanced LED lamp heads have been installed on existing poles in the parking lot at Round Rock Police Department, blah, 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 blah. What I want to know, I want to know more about these lights. Smart street lights. So this is roundrock.gov. Let's see if there's anything. I'm probably boring people to death right now. If anybody's listening, they're tuning out. But hang in there with me if you, if you can. I'll... I'll try to throw in um, some wildly inappropriate joke at some point. Just still waking up. Round Rock, you know, this is from a magazine with tons of... I just, I basically want to see... There's no way... All right, so let's do this. Let's take Gigaterra and look it up. What is it? Let's start with that. Oh, for the love of God, I love pop-ups. They're just awesome. Gigaterra. Who are you? What are you? Of all the things I've heard of, I haven't heard of you. All right. So Gigaterra. LED lighting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this website's a little... Okay, products. Sports lighting, area flood lighting. I get it. Lighting. It's lighting. But what makes a difference? What makes it different? Products. Control system. Sports lighting, roadway lighting. Remote driver. Interesting. Hmm. Roadway lighting. Set a series, meta series. All right, well, I'm going to leave this be for now. Needless to say, well, let me check out one more thing. I, I know that there's something to this because they're using the word smart tech in it. It's not, well, let's see, technology. 
minimize glare, cooling, high CRI and R9 contents. I don't even know what that means. So great, better lighting, minimized glare, flicker-free, cool technology. Okay. There's more to this than that, but I don't feel, I didn't research all this beforehand. So, just by virtue of that, I know less and less here. So Gigatera, Round Rock, na, 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 City of Round Rock, located near Austin, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Austin is already, Austin is already doing a lot of smart tech in itself. So we'll look at, let's see, Casitas, smart housing, Austin. <clears throat> Smart Housing Refugees, Austin. This is, this is why you should usually do research before you start your podcast, but I felt like I had limited time. They've been putting it off for a while. Caritas of Austin, now they're just, they're just uh, awesome. So let's see, Austin, Texas. I I'm trying to remember the name of the program involves Bloomberg. So Michael Bloomberg, My Pass Austin. Okay. So overview. This is this is where we get into the blockchain. So the My Pass, which is funded by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Um, and they are up to no good, depending on how you look at it. Um, these are people that want to implement tech that will monitor everything you do, everywhere you go, uh, and catalog in your data and sell your data and package it and, and um, you know, uh, sell it to, to the highest bidder, I guess. Um, or just, you know, leverage your data against you and we'll explain how that works uh, another time maybe today maybe not overview the my Pass project founded uh, funded by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation pioneering ideas pioneering ideas in technology and health grant so that's the grant will create a blockchain enabled platform that stores secures validates and automatically packages personal documents facilitating resident access to social and health services especially vital to ending homelessness of course there it is in the name of good ending homelessness who doesn't want to end homelessness it's a terrible thing been there myself only for a short period of time and it's no fun so who wouldn't want to end it right uh, such as housing benefits and access to medical care so as they put all these people's data on there and get them on the blockchain i you know in a world where Common sense should tell you absolutely nothing is free. Nothing comes at you for free. Uh, what are what are going to be the uh, requirements for receiving these services? So I, uh, I have a, a medical condition for which I could surely get 
federal um, disability. I don't even know where that money would come from at this point. I never understood. I, I especially don't now. I mean, but when they digitalize the entire currency, as Jerome Powell is talking about doing, check out an article in the Wall Street Journal. I'll try to find the link and include it. Um, when they digitalize the dollar, which they're going to do, they're talking about it as if like, oh, we need to discuss it. Congress might need to be involved. Translation. When they're saying things like that, here's the translation. It's already been decided. It's already a done deal. We're already going to do it. We're already prototyping it. But we're going to televise the process to make you feel like we're going through steps. There's debate. There's this. There's that. There's go back and forth. There's really not. I mean, even the people involved in the, in the debate may actually think they're debating something. But the, the deal is already done and the entire debate surrounding it is merely to keep people thinking that they have, we have some sort of say, which we do have a say. We actually had the balls to take it back um, and to see through all of this nonsense, which as far as I'm concerned is, um, is not subtle at all. There's that great line in the show House where House is... <laughs> talking about subtleties and he he was saying you know that that was one thing this is so obviously obvious it's like a barking cat and I love that uh, the stuff going on for example like the incentives to take the vaccination is uh, so obviously bizarre and wrong that it's it's like a, a freaking barking cat it's uh, you if you if you looked at a cat if I went out there and I looked at Richard the, our big fat cat who who's older than the hills you know like uh and he all of a sudden started barking at me actually for richard that might not be that abnormal that's why he's so freaking annoying and i can't stand him but no in all seriousness it would be it would be fucking crazy right it would it, honestly pardon my language but it would be you would know something was wrong all right so um because it would be that obvious anyway so to go on here uh housing benefits and access to medical care so great uh, to continue, during the one-year grant period, the project team will work with clients and service providers to develop and test a minimal, uh, minimum viable product for a blockchain-based digital platform called MyPass that will allow people experiencing homelessness to securely and permanently store, validate, and automatically package and submit information needed to access health and, and social services. Digital documents will be linked to an account accessible on any device and a client will always retain complete ownership over personal information. Um, now, for reason, for, you know, we'll get into the explanation another time. I'll try to make note of that here on the side. Um, but that's not true. Wait, the, the sentence and a client, or the clause of the sentence, uh, and a client will always retain complete ownership of personal information. That's a lie. Um, so is the lie that it's decentralized, at least in the sense that when they're talking about, you know, okay, um, our this is our salvation. You know, we notice government is overreaching and therefore um, we're going to go ahead and uh, decentralize using blockchain. Okay. Uh, when you hear that, all I can tell you is you should you should have some serious um, reservations. That, that that's 
simply going to be allowed? Because the question then becomes like, who actually controls it? When you when you realize, it, they talk about you having access to your information on blockchain. You you can't alter it, you can't change it, and you really actually can't even barely access it. Actually, you can't access it really at all, not in the true form. Like as if I I were handed, you know, I went to my doctor's office and said, can I? Can I have my chart, my medical records? And, you know, I sign what I need to sign. I prove that it's me by showing my ID. Very, very simple. And they hand me, I, I know because I did this recently, or they fax to me. I know because I did this recently with the Yale New Haven Hospital. My medical records. There they are, you know. Um, but that won't be the case in the future. And moreover, you won't be actually dealing with a person. So where I called up Martha, I'm just making up that name. The woman's name was not Martha. Uh, I actually don't remember what her name was, but she was not all that nice. She did her job, though. There will be not, there will be no crotchety, you know, moody old lady answering the phone, you know, taking my request and telling me what I need to do. It will simply be run by an algorithm, you know. Uh, what do they call them? Decentralized or digital autonomous organizations. I don't know too too much about those, but the name seems to uh, give plenty away. Um, so it says, uh, let's see, do we already linked to any device? My pass is intended to empower clients with their own history and enable self advocate. I love the language. I mean, as a writer, I do have to say the language is so freaking great and flowery. It almost gives me a freaking boner. Um, yeah, see, there was your inappropriate comment you were waiting for. And the reason that it kind of does is because it's just, it's so brilliant. You, you know, when credit has to be given where credit is due, there's a reason that people fall for this. You know, I was looking just as a quick little commercial aside. I do this and it tends to lead me astray, so I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I was reading a tweet while I was eating my frittata this morning. It was an awesome frittata that I made through lots of different stuff in there. It was really good. Love frittatas. I shouldn't have been looking at my phone. I should just use that time to space out and wake up. But anyway, I looked at this tweet <clears throat> and it was people freaking out in London. There's new lockdown measures, this, that, and the other thing. And um, I forgot where I was going with that, of course. See, this is why I gotta have an outline. Uh, oh, that's this where I was going. Um, and, and it was, you know, somebody with a check mark next to their name. I'm not sure if this person was a doctor. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. It doesn't actually matter to me. They were showing a chart and it was complete fear mongering. Um, I was talking about, you know, all this catastrophe and blah, blah, blah. But as you read further and further and further down, it was like this just, he went on to explain his chart. And uh, essentially, if you actually looked at the chart and, and not his fear-mongering words, it showed no alarming information whatsoever. And it used over and over again what has become one of my favorite terms out of this whole ordeal, and that is the word asymptomatic, a.k.a. not sick. I... I could be completely, I, I really, and I mean this, I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's just one of those things that you don't notice until it starts being a part of your everyday existence. Maybe it always applied to, you know, things like colds, uh, tuberculosis, uh, influenza, um, 
uh, you know, STDs, whatever. Maybe there were always people that were simply that had, that have all those things and are asymptomatic. You know, oops, they test and they they have it, uh, and they're not the slightest bit sick, but it's a case and it counts because they're asymptomatic. So everybody stay at home. You know, I was reading some of the restrictions that they were imposing upon people in the UK. Uh, my favorite is that you know some of the and the, this is what you're allowed to do. Um, once they ease restrictions, right? And one of those things was, you know, you can go out and you can travel 25 kilometers instead of 10. You can gather if you're vaccinated in small groups, but you can't have anyone to your home. That's where we're at. They're talking about not allowing people in your home. That's insane. Anyway, as I said, I digress. Going back to the MyPass. So it says, why MyPass? 50% of people experiencing homelessness who seek access to 13 vital services lack an ID. All right, so let's just get everybody IDs. Everything's online now, right? That's easy enough. It's as easy as one, two, three. I mean, but no, can't do that. And it says it takes uh, two to four weeks on average to replace an, an ID document. Again, another thing that they're just gaslighting you. They're just... It's probably the wrong term. Um, it's a bullshit argument. Let's just put it that way. I'm sick. I haven't finished my first cup of coffee yet. I'm not going to go through the files in my brain looking for the right word here and the right term. It's a nonsense bullshit argument. They could easily fix that bu- that process by fixing some of the insane bureaucracies and get you the your ID document with the current basic technology that we have with tech from like 1999 they could do that in 24 hours they don't want to because then it wouldn't it would make it more difficult to pitch crap like this outside of all their little disasters that they're going to have and are having uh to to make you want all of this anyway two to four weeks Uh, to replace an ID document. This greatly increases the time to service, especially when multiple documents are needed for eligibility. Again, something they could fix by simply addressing the insane bureaucracy. So they're talking about what success looks like, um, how we got to now. I don't really care about any of that. So current projects, uh, digital services transformation, open government commitments. That's hilarious. My past digital identity project, the Bloomberg I-Team Smart City Initiative. Uh, God, there's so much I want to look at. But before we close, let's look at Mike Bloomberg's Smart City Vision. And then we will wrap this up uh, or get ready to anyway. All right. So Smart City Vision lets use technology to solve real problems for real people. Again, the wording is fantastic. The, quote, smart city, quote, movement has swept the globe. Cities like Austin, where I happen to live, unfortunately, uh, I didn't used to feel that way. Austin was amazing. It's, it's complete destruction and devolution, I should say, is worth shedding a tear over, and I often do. Uh, anyway. Cities like Austin are booming with interest in how we might use data. So there's that word data again. I talked about that in the beginning. How we might use data, algorithms, uh, uh, automation, and increased connectivity to improve improve services. 
So what are they talking about with increased connectivity? The Internet of Things, which is your devices all connected to each other and to the Internet, and eventually the Internet of Bodies, which means that your body resonates with all of these things. Right, and then it's connected to the cloud. And it's all, seriously, I'm not being sarcastic when I say this, it all makes for what I imagine to be an unbelievable level of convenience and um, you're never technically without services or help or whatever. Your car breaks down, the smart pavement, smart car, resonating with your smart body will take care of everything. Where's the nearest tow truck? You know, where's the nearest uh, auto shop? Do they have the part? If they don't, it's already being ordered, blah, 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 tow truck on the way without you having to do a thing, all of that stuff. So comes with great convenience, but also total loss of any type of remaining vestiges of freedom vestiges. Um, all right, so from smart lighting, there's what Gina's friend was talking about that we didn't quite get to the bottom of, but from smart lighting that adjusts to people's movements, to self-driving cars, to aerial drones for disaster response, these technologies promise improvements in public safety, mobility, and sustainability, just to name a few. The problem is this. Too much of the smart city conversion, uh, conversation rather, focuses on the technology itself at the expense of real issues people are facing. So here, I, I don't know what they mean by that, but I guess here's what, I gotta get a more ergonomic chair. Here's what that partly means to me. When I read this sentence, the problem is this, colon, too much of the smart city conversation focuses on the technology itself at the expense of real issues people are facing. I could be completely off base here and just reading this sentence and applying my bias. I probably am. I surely am to a degree. The question is to what, do, how, how much of, you know, how much so. Um, what I read is uh, let's not talk about the implications of this technology and let's not talk about the danger that it poses to certain aspects of our personal freedom our, our autonomy our connection to the natural natural world let's let's bypass that because talking about it and the time it takes to talk about it means that we're not addressing the problems real people are facing because we're busy talking about these silly little issues like freedom and your body. Uh, it reminds me of that FD, uh, who was it? The, um, let's see if we can find that real quick. When 5G was getting rolled out, it was, I forget his name. He was maybe FCC, uh, no time to test. There's that famous um, Federal Communications Commission. There was a famous video where he was fielding questions and he um, essentially said, you know, we've, we have no time to test test the technology. I don't know that the video is still up because it caught a lot of, it caught a lot of attention. But he was, he was at a press conference. It was under the Trump administration, I think. I forget. But I'll try to find the... Let's see if this... I'll try to find the, um, the link to it and include it.
but it, re- it reminds me of that. Essentially, what he was saying is, you know, it's, it's uh, and if I were to Google these terms, if you Google these terms, you'll probably find it. He was saying, you know, from the biggest city to the smallest town, we've got to get every area of the United States uh, 5G connectivity, 5G technology. Um, we don't have the time to spend years or whatever talking about the potential health impacts or all of that stuff um we just we just have to roll it out we don't have we don't have time for all the rest of the nonsense but anyway that's it for today um we will be back with a much more organized podcast coming uh maybe even tomorrow we'll see and um and then on the regular and there will be um an outline that I will provide and I will do my best to stick to it instead of being super ADD. But as the name of this podcast and the website is unscripted, um, anybody who listens should know that I like to go off course from time to time. Uh, I naturally end up going off course from time to time. And if you can't take politically incorrect sometimes shockingly inappropriate humor that will be uh, woven into these podcasts, then this is not the thing for you to be listening to. Um, I am, you know, I love research. I'm all about facts. And um, so I don't want it to detract from the serious nature of the podcast, which is meant to disseminate critical information while we still have platforms to do that, whether that's for the next year or the next hour and a half. Uh, But on the other hand, um, you know, I want to be human too. And sometimes I'm going to be really blunt about things. And my style of being blunt sometimes includes the use of uh, shockingly vulgar terms, and uh, I make no apologies for that. At any rate, thanks for listening to this uh, pilot episode, I guess you could say, of the revamp of the podcast, unscripted, with Zayna, and check out the website and the YouTube channel, and if you dug this at all, come back for uh, the upcoming episodes and feel free to spread the word and support us if you can. Everybody have a great day.